Hi, and welcome to the Confident Woman Podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Erin. And we're here to keep it real, raw, and what it means to be the confident woman. All right, ladies. So today we have a guest with us. We have Tori Overmeyer. She is a no-fluff, six-figure business mentor for online coaches and female entrepreneurs. So really creating and helping people sell their offers through Instagram and growing a business online and uh, helping with Instagram growth and social selling without, you know, feeling awkward. So I feel like that's a lot of people today. They want to sell online. They want to grow a business, but they have that fear of sounding or feeling awkward, which some of them kind of do. So they need your help. So excited to have you here and chat about all these things. So thanks for taking time with us, Tori. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. That was a great intro. Thank you. <laughs> thanks. You're welcome. I'm excited. Well, I like what you said in there when you're talking about, or what, when talk about like people feeling salesy or awkward and all that kind of stuff, because Rachel and I talk about it all the time. And sometimes I just get messages from people online and I'm like, who, who told them that was a good message to send? <laughs> uh, <I> <laughs> It's rough out there. <laughs> it is. It is. So, so I guess we could just start like how you started down this rat that down that path. Like obviously noticing that people needed help with their sales strategies and growing online and how to attract their the right clients for them. I guess. So, how did you get started down that? Yeah. So I have a little bit of an interesting background story. I used to do hair, and mm-hmm. I pretty much got all of my clients through Instagram marketing. So naturally, I started to have other hairstylists reaching out to me for help with their Instagrams. And I just started doing it because I loved it and it was a little extra money. And I had no idea that I was like getting into this space that was already created, the online coaching space. I kind of was just like, yeah, I can help. I mean, why not? Um, But then from there, of course, I learned more about what's really available as an online coach. um, And I pivoted from helping hairstylists and artists to specifically helping other online business owners because that's what I truly love now. And the pivot into like sales specifically happened pretty organically too. I honestly was trying to find kind of my niche and specialty. And I asked a lot of my clients and people close to me what they felt I was best at helping them with. And pretty much everyone said, something along the lines of like sales, selling, launching. So I was like, cool, love that. Go with it. And from there, I've kind of just like honed in on that specialty. So I love that. And I love that just you found your specialty in just being you. And that I know we're going to talk about that a little bit later, but I think that's such a valid point for our listeners is that we're trying to find ourselves, but yet it's like it finds us when we're just being authentic to us. So that's really cool, you know, and just having that support of uh, clients, friends, and those alike, all validating what you're really good at. And it's great to have that that fuel into your tank and just continue to blossom into your business. So tell us how, like, you know, once you kind of got started there, really, what was the next step? How did you take it from, okay, I'm really good at this. What is possible? What can I do with this? Well, I will say one of the biggest helps to where I am now has been me always having a business coach or mentor of my own too, which is partially why I love being that for other people because I know how impactful it is. So once I decided to really, you know, go for it and 
go full time and stop doing hair. I had a lot of support from my coach at the time showing me, you know, what I could really do in the online space as far as like not only working with clients one-on-one, but also introducing group programs and courses and things like that. So I now have a lot of different ways that people can work with me. And that's also been a really huge help in me really growing and um, being able to make money in different ways. I love that. So when, you know, just as everybody kind of gets started, it, you know, recognizing where you're starting at versus where you want to be and helping to close that gap. What were some of the uh, struggles that you really like faced and encountered at the very beginning before, you know, taking off and getting to the the mark that you're at right now? And of course, I'm sure you have struggles every day that we're, we're overcoming, right? But for anyone kind of just starting out, how can they get to that next level? And what were some of those thoughts that possibly ran through your mind? Like, oh my gosh, is this real? Is this possible? You know, who am I? Can I do this? You know, just kind of give our listeners a little bit of uh, some feedback there on how they can handle if they're in that spot as well. Ooh, I love this question. I would say the biggest thing is like get okay with being bad at something for a little while (laughs) because you won't be good at it right away and you just have to push through. And really, this one sounds kind of like cliche, but get okay with being uncomfortable and with things like feeling a little bit hard sometimes. I think, especially right now, I notice a lot of messaging in the industry, and I'll try not to ramble on about this too much because I'm pretty passionate about it. But I notice a lot of messaging about like business coaches pushing business, always feeling easy and aligned and flowy. And I think sometimes that can put new business owners in a place of having unrealistic expectations. So for anyone who's feeling like things are a little bit hard right now, or they're like hard to figure out, that is normal and you're okay. And we just have to like push through that and you will get through it. I know for me, when I was starting out, like the tech side of things was always kind of hard for me. I remember even just trying to figure out how to start my email list for a whole day. I was like, I'm going to pull my hair out. I cannot figure this out, but then you do. And now it's like, I could do it, you know, in my sleep. So just be okay with being uncomfortable and know that you'll get through it. And if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I yes. have a, I have that same feeling because I see a lot of people talk about like, it shouldn't feel hard. And I'm like, that's what makes it so damn great is that it's hard. You figure yeah. it out. <laughs> like, right. Because if it wasn't challenging or hard, where's the growth, right? And isn't right. that the point is not only is your business supposed to grow, but you grow with your business? Yeah. Yes. I, I love that point you just made because it is so relatable. And I've heard it. Like, I'm sure, Aaron, you've you've heard this at some point in your life. Like, come on, get over it. It's supposed to be easy. You're supposed to be enjoying it. It's supposed to be fun. There, yeah. There's some degree of that, yes. But there's that growing but, pain. But I think the challenge is fun. Right. <laughs> like, yes. 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 That's the weird thing about entrepreneurs, though. Like, that's <laughs> what's fun for them is like figuring it out. But no, I, I get like when you feel like if you're pushing against your like, you know, fighting against yourself internally, maybe against a belief of yours or whatever, something like that. Yeah, sure. Like maybe you need to scope something else out or try a new strategy or whatever, if you're feeling a moral conflict and it's not easy. But I mean, that's probably the only way I would agree, I guess, with that. Yeah, it should right. be easy sentence. But um, all right. So then when you, so you and you do, I know you said a lot of like authentic, like growing organically online, Instagram, all that kind of fun stuff. What would you say is like the biggest misconception or mistake that people think that they have to do to grow their business online, but, but it's not true? 
Oh, such good questions. <laughs> I think that the biggest misconception, especially like specifically in the area you just mentioned, as far as like growing organically and being authentic online, I think sometimes people think that that means they have to share everything about themselves. And I think that people think in order to be authentic, they have to share, you know, when they're like going through something really hard. Or I know I see sometimes people even feeling this pressure to post like pictures of themselves crying. I don't know if you guys- I was just thinking that when you said that. (laughs) Yeah. And I just, I don't want people to- feel that way. That is not what authenticity means to me. Mm -hmm. I think we can be open and honest with our audiences, but still have boundaries. And I think Mm -hmm. that's really important to not blur that line. Mm. I think that's true too. Because if you think of any like brands that you like, or, you know, people that you look up to, like, I don't know everything about them. Yeah. (laughs) I still like their brand or what they have. Right. And I think that is what can lead to burnout is when people do, they have been sharing every bit of themselves and being on their phone too much and not having those boundaries. Then you see them having to take, you know, these long social media hiatuses. And it's like, if we didn't feel this pressure to share every single aspect of our lives, maybe we wouldn't get so burnt out by using Instagram. Right. right. And, and I love that. And because it's, like you said, you have having respect to those boundaries, because I do think that there's, you know, a personal responsibility for yourself to preserve and protect. And if you are also going through a season, you shouldn't be talking about it while you're in the midst of it unless you've gone through it, because then that's where the value add is. Because otherwise, we're kind of just bringing our audience down. And and yes, even though it's real and raw and relatable, which we're all about, but yet it's also when you're feeling like you're burned out that you have to post at your lowest of lows and lows and lows, right? So like it's taxing, it's time consuming, it's burnout, it's exhaustion. And you haven't even allowed yourself emotionally to like grieve or process or whatever that is, because it's like, oh, wait, I'm really, really sad, but yet I have to go post. And it's like, allow yourself that time to heal. Like post that after you've allowed yourself to heal. And I think that's so important, you know, and again, bringing in that authenticity, it doesn't have to be everything real time, real moment. And that's, that's the value add is when you've, you've sought the lesson after, after the, you know, whatever you're going through. Yes. That is exactly actually the advice that I give my Mm -hmm. clients is like, tell your story, but you can tell these stories once you're out of the rough patch of it. Right. Kind of a general rule of thumb that I give people is like, let's say you post something about a really hard time you're going through. If someone were to, let's say, DM you or comment something rude about it back, or like, you know, they clearly misunderstood what you were trying to say or something, would you be able mm-hmm. to emotionally handle that? Because I think when we're going through it, we wouldn't be. That would like, completely knock us down. Whereas if we're past it, we can maybe handle that kind of feedback. And in the social media space, space that has to be a real factor that we think about. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, because we're not in an emotional space or even mental mindset right there to be equipped to fully handle it from a place of, of service and love and compassion, because really those are the things that we have to give ourselves at that moment. 
Mm-hmm. I love that point. And I'm mean, so glad that we talked about this because Aaron and I have talked about it numerous times. And it's like, you know, we've always said we should do an episode on this, but I'm, I'm glad we are. We're actually tying it in. And it's so current and relevant in, in today's world with, you know, whether you're you're in a business industry or just a personal brand or just being on, on you know, social media just to pass some time or whatever, you're going to see this. And that's really, how is your audience going to perceive this as well? Is it really from a place of service or is it a place of look, look at me? I, I too am at this. Yeah. Point. Sometimes it's too much. And I feel like sometimes I saw like what you're talking about, like a post of someone that was like in tears was the picture. I felt uncomfortable. Like I felt really awkward looking at it. I didn't even read it because I was like, oh, this is, this is, I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but but yeah, it, it can be a lot <laughs> for some people. And if you're still figuring it all out and uh, I don't know. Plus I think too, like, it's like, I feel like we have to put every, like people feel like they have to put everything out there these days where it's like, even when you're like, could you imagine like meeting someone for the first time and they're like, hi, I'm Aaron. I'm a Gemini. I'm married. I have, a, you know what I mean? Like you don't like tell, like throw up your whole story to people when yeah. you first meet them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not like in an introductory conversation, you're right. talking about why you cried yesterday. So you don't right. have to like, either. <laughs> right. So that's how I feel. If you're trying to attract people on social media and you're trying to attract people, then like, it doesn't have to be all bright, sunshiny rainbows, but it's like some stuff I feel like is just too much. Like I don't, there's a time and a space and it's like yeah, privacy. Yes. I, I know for yeah. me, like personally, I, I know I've been given the advice, you know, you need to show all these different facets of your life. And I'm thinking my life isn't the Truman show. Like there yeah. is no camera on every angle of my life. <laughs> and that's out of personal respect and boundaries. You know, I, I have a, a marriage, I have a family, like I have a life and it's like, but that's not really aiding in what my business is about. And so again, preserving and protecting that that respect to the boundaries of other people in your life. But also I'm I'm sure that Tori, you probably coach your your clients on this as well is like not everything has to be real time. I never personally I never post in real time ever. Yeah. Unless it's like something like a hot man, like I just took cookies out of the oven and steaming. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. I'm just show it on my story. So, <laughs> like it, it, you know, and it, it alleviates that pressure to feel like you're always having to like be in the online yeah. moment versus the present moment. So what kind of tips and advice would you give your clients, especially starting out in something like that? Or just, you know, when they come to you like, hey, you know, I've been at this business for quite some time and I'm actually feeling stuck on content. What can I create? What can I do? Yeah. So a couple tips first to keep it in the area that we were just talking about. Uh, One of my biggest tips is for my clients to create what I call content buckets or just content topics. And I always encourage them to have, you know, five to 10 that are directly related to their business. So those are their business content buckets, but then also have like maybe five personal content buckets. And these are things that will help your audience feel like they know, like, and trust you. But because you're actually writing them down and solidifying them, they're things that you feel comfortable with sharing. And then you also know that outside of those, you don't have to share anything, right? And again, it doesn't mean that they have to be these, you know, big, dramatic, personal things. Like an example of some of mine are my dog, um, my love of reality TV, (laughs) you know, what my husband cooks, because he's the cook, not me. So like these are all (laughs) things that help my audience feel like they know me, but they're not like, I'm not having to share my diary. (laughs) Right. Right. Yes. 
And those are all great tips because it's like, you know, showing a facet of you that you're not just all business, 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 but yet you are a human being with, you know, outside interests and passions and that you, that's what connects. It's like, oh my gosh, me too. I I just said, me too. My husband, he's the cook in the family, Mm -hmm. you know? And so like right there, we have this commonality and it's like, really, that's what creates that know, like, and trustability online, you know, versus always being in that authentic, relatable space at 24-7. And and I think these are great tips that you're providing even just, you know, here with our audience, you know, because I think we can come from a place of like, oh my gosh, I, I didn't check the post on social media, you know, box today. Like, what do I write? And it's like, at that point, you're just kind of grasping, like, you know, I, I, I pet my cat today. And it's like, Okay. That's yeah, cool. you know, like, yeah. I mean, there's really no, no value add. There's, it doesn't make me relatable, but yet audience can tell, right. They can tell when you're not being congruent, when you're just posting something for the sake of it. And it's really about being, you know, like, again, I can't, I can't emphasize this enough, like from a place of service mm-hmm. and a place of value and not everything always has to be about selling your product, but yet let's just create, let's create a connection. Yes. Yeah. And as you were talking and that made me think of another point, uh, something that is also really helpful in creating these content buckets that we were just talking about is it also helps you create natural consistency within your content because you always are kind of rotating between these same, you know, 15 to 20 topics humans are naturally drawn to consistency. So to us, it may feel like, wow, I'm kind of posting the same things, but our audiences actually really like that. So never feel like when it comes to content, you're having to come up with these brand new ideas every time you go to post. The best thing I ever did to create content was have a kid. (laughs) People love the damn kid. I can post pictures of me, special quote, all this kind of stuff, whatever. Picture of Connor, likes and loves come rolling in. It's like, all right. Thanks a lot. (laughs) Um, So what would you say as far as, okay, so people are online, they're building their audience, getting their message out, all this kind of stuff. And when it comes down to like messaging, what do you think? What's, can you give us an example of a message that would absolutely make you cringe? Oh, uh, like in the DMs, like yeah. Like, oh, this person's been interacting. They commented. They might be interested in something I have to offer. I'm gonna yeah. message them. What's like a no no? So for me, there are a couple things that like right off the bat when I see it, I'm like, I'm not even gonna finish reading this message. <laughs> Number one is when they don't use my first name. I think yeah. this is the easiest way using someone's first name, like saying, you know hi, Aaron, is Mm -hmm. one of the easiest ways to make it right off the bat. Like this message at least wasn't fully copy and pasted to like thousands of people. (laughs) So if I... My name in. (laughs) Yeah. If I see the hey girl right off the bat, I'm like red flag. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The other thing that is a red flag for me is if I've received a DM from someone, then I go to their profile and they're not even following me. Yeah, that to me is another clear sign that they're just throwing feelers out there everywhere. They're not taking the time to actually support or get to know me mm-hmm. in the simplest way. Um, and so those are the two biggest things that, because I know that they're red flags for me, now right. we can take that and make sure that we don't do that, right? So anytime you are going to reach out to someone, make sure you follow them first. Take the time to learn simple things like, you know, read their name in their bio. <laughs> right. Know their name. 
Yeah. Yeah. Those ones are like definitely red flags for us. And I know that Aaron and I've talked about this. I think on a, what we had a whole episode about this with especially network marketers and, um, you know, just really a, a proper sales approach to, you know, initiate a conversation. So I'm curious to know, Tori, what are some of the, you know, what do you, what do you tell your clients? Like, what is a, a proper way to kind of go about selling from a place of service versus slimy salesy stuff? So what would a typical, you know, outreach DM kind of look and feel like? So I think the biggest thing is remembering like our mindset and how we're approaching the the situation as a whole. So something that I like to remind my clients of is not everyone is going to be your ideal client. So those initial interactions shouldn't be you shouldn't be going into that with the mindset of like, okay, how do I get this person, right? You should be going into those initial interactions with the mindset of let's get to know each other so I can see if I even want to turn this into a conversation about what I have to offer. So I'm going into every interaction, just getting trying to get to know people and see like, maybe this is someone that's a potential client. Maybe it's just someone that I want to be like a business internet friend. Maybe it's someone that, you know, will be on each other's podcasts, whatever. So going into it, not with this, I'm going to get this person. How do I sell to them right now? So one of my favorite ways to start that interaction is just to number one, follow them. Like I said, number two, start to actually look at their content, get to know them, get a feel for them. And then how I like to get in the DMS is I will just start responding to their stories Nothing, it doesn't have to be about business. It can be, but it could even just be simply responding to like, you know, I love dogs. So a lot of the times naturally if they post their dog, I'll be like, ah, so cute. What kind is yours? I have a border collie. Mm -hmm. Then from there, we'll see where the conversation goes and we'll see if eventually I can help them. But I'm not going into that conversation with the intention right away of trying to pitch them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like too, a lot of you, it just feels slimy when it's all about like messages that I get from people where it's all about them. They're not trying to service me or help me in any way. It's not like, oh, maybe I could help you with this or whatever. It's always like, hey, I'm doing this or I'm trying to do this. Could you help me? Blah, blah. Or it's like, I don't, sure, I like helping people, but I don't know you. And you just popped in here. You popped into my DMs all about how to help yourself, not me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, they're fakes, people. But like, yeah, I think like adding value to people first and getting to know them. And like, you might find that the person you're messaging or that you're talking to might have absolutely zero need for what yeah. you offer, you know? <laughs> so exactly. but then you burn that, that bridge for, for the future, right? Or maybe another friend could help them or they could help one. You know what I mean? You just make it awkward. Don't be weird, people. <laughs> I'm sure that that's like tip number three, right? For your clients, don't be weird. Yeah, <laughs> don't be weird. <laughs> so, so let's let's go back to you know when when you get your clients and kind of what are the, some of the struggles that they're they're coming to you with? Like what you know they they have this idea or this product or service, and you know they maybe they're at the sticking point and they say, you know, I need help. What is kind of the common area that they're coming to you for and saying, hey, let's let's get me unstuck and where I can be in, you know, three, six, nine, 12 months. A lot of the times when my clients come to me, I find that they're at this stage where they have worked with some clients one-on-one 
they've been creating content for a little while, but they're having trouble breaking out of this bubble of like people that they know. So a lot of their clients so far have been, you know, friends or acquaintances, which is great, but eventually we run out of that and they're wanting to expand their reach. And so a lot of what I'm helping people with is breaking out of the friend zone and building authority within their industry with new people, reaching new people, and then helping them actually convert those people into clients. Yeah, we do see that a lot too. And even even just amongst our own friends, you know, whether we're an ideal client or not, I see this online and it always made me pause for a moment and just wonder at where's the new clients coming. And, you know, some of the women have also expressed some of those concerns to, you know, just through candid conversation. And it does make me wonder like what, you know, everyone is in this, we're fighting for that, like your attention online, right? So what makes you stand out? What would make you want to say yes to, you know, working with that individual, you know, so kind of what are some of those tips? I know you talked about like authority and visibility and consistency and, you know, creating an initial connection. What are some of the other practicals that, you know, somebody could take away and maybe start implementing today? And what are some of the lessons that you would, you would share? So I know this is going to sound a little bit off topic and kind of going really back to square one, but this is something that regardless of what level my clients are at when they come to me. This is like the first and honestly most important thing that we work on together. So I want to make sure to share it. Know your ideal client like better than they know themselves. And I know this is talked about a lot, but it's because it's so important. And something that I, uh, I guess, do a little bit differently when I teach it. I know a lot of the times when people work on ideal client stuff with uh, their clients, They really help them focus on other things outside of just things that relate to the work that they would do with them. Like, you know, where do they shop? Where do they live? Those kinds of things. And I say, don't worry about that so much. What I want people to know is like your ideal client's struggles, how they got to that point, what kind of support they're craving, what their big dreams and goals are. And I don't just mean know this stuff surface level. I mean like know it really well and then also break it down even more. So like when we're talking about their struggles, then also ask yourself, okay, when they are going through these struggles, how does that actually show up in their day-to-day life? How is that affecting their day-to-day life? Then ask yourself, okay, when they're going through that, how does that make them feel? What emotions are they experiencing? When you have all of that figured out, that is what really good content stems from. And I really think that you cannot have clear messaging that truly attracts people unless you have that stuff like solid. So that would be my biggest tip as to where to start is really get your ideal client nailed down and reference that when you're creating content. I think the other mistake that I see people make is like, They do this ideal client work, but then when it comes to creating content, it's almost like they're just grabbing stuff out of thin air and not even, you know, taking that ideal client stuff into account. So start with ideal client stuff and really focus on that for a while would be like my huge tip in that is the foundation of everything else being good. Right. Oh, it's just so good because we are, we're like, so, you know, told about the demographic, like, you know, you need to you know, your individual, their age, their audience-wise, uh, where do they live? What are they doing? What are they reading? Where are they shopping and all that stuff? And it's like, 
that doesn't really connect, right? And like, so you take it to the next level and it's a psychograph, there's uh, the demographics and the psychographics and really getting down to the deep core because those are the motivators in our and all of us is based on our core values. One thing that I've learned, because I think way back when, when I was first started, I kind of had to do all those exercises and I kept getting stuck. I'm like, I don't know, I don't know. Because I wasn't really clear on necessarily who my niche was, but then what I found, and this is through conversations too with other women, is that usually our ideal audience is a former version of ourselves. So when we get down to working in those demographics and the psychographics, it really is not so much about trying to figure out your target audience. It's also about getting to know the real you as the former self. Because when you've already moved through that and going tying this all back full circle, when we've already moved through those emotional points in our life, those lows, that is where we can start showing up and serving. And now we connect from that woman from a psycho, that psychographic level that now our language and our content is speaking directly to what that woman is experiencing and right now in that moment. I love what you're doing here. <laughs> That's so true. That's such a good point. I think looking back at what we were experiencing when they when we were at where they are at currently is so good. And to like your current clients as well, like current clients are such good market research for this stuff. So yeah, current clients and like yourself, that is such a good tip. Right. Because again, if we're, if we're not, if we haven't allowed ourselves to heal on that low, kind of, again, going back to what we said earlier, because it's such an important point here is that if we're not taking that time to learn the lesson in that moment, we can't give that lesson back to our ideal audience who is also in that low because we haven't actually processed it. We're just thinking, well, you just keep posting through it, but yet you've never created that connection. Again, there's a big disconnect between self and audience. So we have to be present in those moments. And, and again, it's okay to kind of post some of those things online as, as long as you're spending that time in that in those moments, learning and, and healing and grieving and all that stuff that you have to do, because that's where the value is. And that's where the service comes in. I love it. This is, this is really helpful because I think we see this online with so many different coaches. And like you said, you got to niche down, niche, 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 micro niche, all the way down. And it's like, that's all well and good again. But if you don't know who you're niching down to, because you haven't actually learned yourself, let alone your former self, it's all totally irrelevant. Yeah. And where are you even getting those ideas and information from? I think it's just from whether it's intentional or unintentional, copying what others are doing. When we don't take the time to actually do this work for ourselves and for our true ideal clients, we're going to just grab whatever we see anyone successful doing. And then we're not only not being ourselves, but we're also not being consistent. And it's just, it's never going to like fully form into something good if, if we're just always trying to kind of pull ideas out of thin air or out of what we see others doing. Right. And I think, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but is this kind of something that that could be useful if somebody's struggling with content when you, you find yourself online, you're scrolling through Instagram or whatever other social media is your jam. And if that content resonated with you at that time and space, save the content and go back to it later. And then you can learn from, or, you know, apply what kind of practicals were, you know, whatever resonated with you through that post, say, oh, that actually is current and relevant in my life. Let me put my own spin and twist on it. So it's almost like using somebody else's content for inspiration versus copying it. Because if you're actually applying your real life stories and lessons and all that stuff in there, there is no co copy, right? You're just inspired yes. by other people. Yes. 
Exactly. And yeah, that's a really good, just kind of quick Instagram tip too. I love using the saved folders so you can save posts and put them in specific folders. So I do have one titled inspo and that's where I save any posts that really inspire or resonate with me so that I can go back and yeah, reference those either to kind of then turn that into my own or just, you know, to get inspired. But yeah, the saved folders in Instagram are great. Yeah. That's a, that's something that I, I've learned to use probably a, you know, a little while ago because I'm thinking, well, if this is resonating with me here and now, I don't expect to be the same person I am today as I am in three months. So let's just come back because now there's going to be a value and I can apply that lesson into the content, kind of using the same similar format. But yet, oh, if I see something about perfection, it's like, clearly I could talk about that. I wrote a whole book about it. So yeah, <laughs> if that resonated with me today, then I could come from a place of service and apply the lessons that I've gone through and now be of service. So I, I think, you know, kind of coming full circle with everything, we've talked quite a bit about just really the intricacies of, of how you help uh, your clients be of service online and coming from a place of service again versus sales and feeling slimy and incongruent with, you know, what their message is. Now I want to talk about you. What are some of the struggles that you're finding in, in your you know career right now or in your profession as because we're going to find all these sticking points in our lives? And I'm just kind of curious, what is something that you're you're facing right now that you're kind of working through? Right now I am currently struggling through something that is also like a beautiful thing really, but still hard nonetheless. I think I'm at this point now where when I started this business, I had these goals of, you know, being able to quit my other job, hitting six figures, being able to hire an assistant. I've accomplished all of these things that were my very first like big milestones. And I, I reached them faster than I expected. And so now I've had to now I get to set new goals, but they are scary because they're not even things that I thought were possible when I started this. And so I'm actually working through this with one of my mentors and, and mindset coaches right now is like how to see yourself in this new role that you never even thought was going to be a goal of yours. And that can be really challenging. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And I know it, that that saying, what every level brings a new devil, something along yes. those lines. Mm-hmm. And it's like, when you first started out, did you foresee yourself at the level that you're at right now? Like, I mean, sure that those, you know, reaching six figures, quitting your job, finding that sense of security was seemed really lofty and like, oh my gosh, it's huge. Can I make that happen? And so now you've already proven that you can and that builds that foundation of confidence. So knowing that if you got over that hump and you have this next level of big goals, you, you know, you're going to get through it. But yeah, it's kind of like you said, it's the growing pains of being uncomfortable and that challenge of keep going. Yeah. And really ties into too, like what we touched on a little bit earlier, as far as I really think that entrepreneurship is also a, the, the biggest like self-discovery journey ever. <laughs> and mm-hmm. when you are, you know, trying to reach these new levels, you really also have to expand who you are going to be just as a person in general too, and really look at how you can change the way you're not only running your business, but living your life to step into this newer version of yourself. So that of course comes with challenges too, but I think it's amazing and I wouldn't want to live my life any other way. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think we can all agree on that. It's kind of just a big uniform. Yes, that, yeah. that's true. Like we've all experienced it. 
So what what is, uh, you know, maybe something that we haven't talked about that you would love to share with our audience or just maybe a tip or a takeaway or just, you know, kind of something that kind of candid that we would like to wrap up. And of course, we'll ask, you know, how people can find you as well. But what's mm-hmm. some like last minute things that you would want to say? I would say, let's see. I want to give them something. I want to give the audience something really tangible that they can use because that's kind of my style of teaching. Why I call myself a no fluff business coach is because I like yeah. to cut the fluff and give people the most tangible action items that they can use right away. So I would say, let's take it back to DMs because I think that's what uh, I mostly was here for, although I love all of the tangents we went on. But (laughs) when it comes to making connections in the DMs, I would love to give everyone a homework assignment and say, give yourself a goal of making at least five new DM connections per week with people who you think may be ideal clients or just people that you, you know, resonate with their content or you think maybe you would collab in the future, whatever that looks like, focus on just building your community. Again, this is not about you going in the DMs and pitching people, but set a goal of five new DM connections per week where you're just reaching new people, starting that connection and seeing where it goes from there. Yeah. Doable. Right. And it's kind of like expect no expectations, right? You're just doing yes. it because you you really genuinely are interested and you want to, the, the worst thing that can come out of it, it's not even a bad thing, a connection, a friendship, a relationship. Yeah. yeah. I love that. That's such a, such a great tip. And it's a practical one as well. And it sounds super easy because it's like, if you're just talking to one of your besties, what would you say to them? Exactly. Yes. Awesome. So I know that this, this episode is, it's packed with so many like practicals and tips and takeaways and just lessons that we've shared as well. But how could somebody reach you and find out more about you and just learn, you know, how about how can they slide in your DM in, in a now practical way and build a connection and relationship with you? I would love that. If anyone wants to slide in my DMs and practice on me, I'm open. Um, you can find me on Instagram at the whole Tori. Um, that's pretty much where I spend all of my time. From there, you can click the link in my bio and you'll find some fun free stuff. I have like a caption calendar, hashtag workbook. You can also just, you know, find my website from there. But yeah, starting off on Instagram at the whole Tori is definitely the best way to connect with. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time and your, your expertise here. It's just been incredible. So we look forward to following along on your journey as well. So thank you. Thank you so much. That was really fun. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the Confident Woman podcast. For more ways to connect with us, check out our Facebook group. It's the Confident Woman on Facebook. There's a ton of amazing ladies in that group that you can connect with as well. My Instagram is at Aaron underscore travels for life. Make sure you go ahead and follow that and follow Rachel as well. What is yours, Rachel? You can follow me on all social medias at I am Rachel Brooks. Awesome. Thanks so much. Look forward to checking you next week.